0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Evolution Exchange. This is a platform for thought leaders within the tech space to share ideas on current topics of relevance to our community of technology and business followers. I'm Ritesh and I'll be your host for today's session, but we're going to be discussing a topic that I'm actually quite interested in and I know a lot of you guys are too. And it's why is a B2B marketing team so important? We've seen a lot of changes happening in the world of marketing nowadays. And we're going to be discussing a few of those, as well as going a little bit more in depth into the types of projects that your typical team now would actually be wanting to prioritize or look towards working on. Mm-hmm. Joining me for today's discussion is Haris Maloy. He's the head of marketing for 1B Stories. I'll just let him do his own intro. Take it away.
1: All right, hi, guys. Uh, yeah, so I'm
0: Haris Maloy. I'm
1: the head of marketing 1B Stories. Uh, I've done, I just joined 1B about two and a half months ago. Uh, 1B is a uh, content technology startup, uh, we, we just, you know, second anniversary um, just about a few weeks ago as well, and right now we actually have, we've just launched a new product called videofy.ai helping create uh, real style videos, literally from a URL to a blog post or a page or from a prompt, right? So helping brands and publishers create that vertical 60 second uh, format video um, for you to use and grow online. And that's uh, pretty much what I do. My previous background includes uh, being in finance for five years. Uh, before this, I was in a property tech uh, company in Singapore as well. And uh, I had uh, training in diverse response marketing and uh, running uh, pretty much inbound marketing ads and stuff like that.
0: Okay, cool. Thanks a lot for that. Um, I, I would really just tell everybody, if you are into a lot of video creation or media work, uh, definitely give it a shot take a look at the product uh, it's something that i'm also pretty interested in uh, my background comes into media and video creation as well so it's something that i'll definitely look forward to exploring um yeah. <laughs> now obviously the topic today is you know why is a b2b marketing team so important and i guess we don't even have to just delve on, on the team in a smaller level but the function as a whole right mm-hmm. so just to build up a bit of a foundation for this conversation right let's start off with i guess the basic question why is a b2b marketing team important what are, what are your thoughts on that Yeah, I mean, I think it's important because pretty much every function is important. Um,
1: I think a B2B marketing team, you know, pretty much is the lifeblood of the business, bringing in, you know, traffic to your website, uh, inquiries to uh, for your sales guys to speak to, as well as, you know, you pretty much control the positioning statements. Uh, You also can decide, you know, product features that get built and stuff like that. Um, you know, and if you have a really good and established B two B marketing team, you know you're covering all these different things, and pretty much you know every single aspect of the business kind kind of comes out from both sales and marketing, right? So you'll end up developing uh, or releasing product features that customers want because you're the one speaking to their customers all the time. You know what people want. Um, you know, so you're very important because if not, I would say you go in a little bit blind if you if you're just creating what. You wanted the company instead of listening to customers. the want to listen to customers pretty much most of the time. Just behind the sales guide. but they have a different function. They just, they're just very close up. I think. <laughs> so,
0: I mean, yeah, it's exactly what you said as well, right? Um, we have to we have to sit close to clients, to customers, figure them out essentially, and and to some degree we have to do our own research on them as well, um, especially if we're working with a company that. I guess works on a little bit more of a bespoke product or service as opposed to one that's a little bit more general towards businesses as a whole. But um, within this as well, within B2B marketing, the types of projects that we end up running, it will still be a a pretty varied uh, amount of projects, right? And I guess some of them would also be similar enough to traditional B2C companies or B2C marketing teams. But I guess mm-hmm. the way that we work on these projects would be a little bit different, right? Obviously, dependent on the persona or the audience that we're working with or the type of product or service we're working with. Yeah. So from, from your experience, whether it's with 1B or with other companies as well that you've worked with in the past, what types of projects do you actually run as as a marketing manager or as a head of marketing? Yeah, I think the folks in the marketing are vast. You know, you can do pretty much everything from press to you know, copy
1: on the website to inbound, outbound, paid, organic. Um, yeah, you, you touched on all of these different projects, right? Um, now, especially, I'm in the startup. So I ended up, I, well, I end up doing majority of it, you know, every single day I'm trying to uh, work on different projects. But I think a really strong and established team, you know, would have um, individual leaders and functions within that. So you have kind of, you know, maybe a head of press, a head of corporate messaging um somebody that's focused on just paid traffic um you know um, and optimizing pages for example you have just your 80 testing guys uh, so it can be you know really specialized and you can have a marketing team that grows to 10 15 20 25 people um but in a startup right now i think one person is expected to do everything uh, but i think you can probably get away with three really focused guys to uh, do things really really well and uh, yeah so that's that's what we are currently doing right now and i think it's very important to also have leaders uh, and specialists within this because i can understand a lot of marketing folks can feel like they're generalists you know especially when you go to school when you learn it's pretty much a little bit of everything and you end up doing a little bit of everything you know in your job uh but i think you know having some focus okay, this is the one thing that i focus on i'm a conversion guy i'm just a traffic guy um that is very important as well and i think as a marketing manager and if you have people underneath you that you know are just starting out executives in the business you want to make sure that they are developing skills and they can show expertise in both areas for your book.
0: okay yeah no i i completely agree with that especially when when you touched on i guess where where the learnings come from right i think for me i, I didn't really learn much in school when it came to marketing like it was fully <laughs> self-taught but I'm, I'm glad i got that experience because especially yeah. when you're working in a, in a b2b environment The people you're going to learn from a lot of the time would actually be the clients that you work with, right? Because then you actually get on the ground information, first-hand information. What do do your your clients want, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, it really depends on the industries that you're working with as well. Everything will be a little bit tailored here and there, right? Yeah. Um, Now, obviously, within all these different projects, you're going to end up having to have the right mix of skills or experience, whether it's as a solo marketer or within your team right Mm -hmm. what would you say is the important way or, or the best way of being able to work around this right what types of skills or experience do you think your projects would need in a b2b space and how do you ensure that you actually have all of this to fit for the the technical demands that it brings along yeah i mean like picking up any new skill
1: or piece of information i think you have to be definitely reading a lot, Uh, you have to be following, you know, some of the top guys in the business, uh, subscribe to tons of newsletters, you know, attend courses, that some of these courses can be done within a week, right? Some of them are paid, but if you have a company that's, you know, investing in you as well, I think definitely, um, you know, you can pick up these skills along the way. I think it's, I would say you don't have to come in knowing everything. I think that's definitely something that uh, probably. It's too much of an expectation, uh, but I think if you're always, you know, interested to learn and I would, I like to use this word, obsessed. If you're obsessed about, you know, picking up new skills, you're obsessed about doing your job well and, you know, doing a really good job at, at, and like becoming a, a thought leader in that space, for example, if you're obsessed about um, always getting up to date with all the new information or, you know, adding your own commentary to things, that's very important. Right, so it's not specifically just the skills you come with, but your willingness to pick them up. And there's tons of resources out there, right? I think like my favorite uh, website, and of course, plenty of uh, guys do this, but DigitalMarketer.com is probably like one of the best um, sources of information out there uh, for any marketing team. They have the uh, subscriptions to H two Labs, and I think that has been one of the biggest investments. I've personally paid for when I was picking up um, skills myself like about five years ago, right? So you always have to be interested to test, experiment, try something new, um, and also then justify that, hey, I want to do this new experiment and, you know, be given the space to do that. So it's a little bit of persuasion involved uh, so that you can, you know, find space to grow. But uh, yeah, in terms of the technical skills, just try and, you know, learn. Somebody else definitely figured it out already. That's the beauty of it you know, nothing is totally brand new. Most yep. principles than marketing, you know, pretty much started hundreds of years ago. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't think that's uh, very different. I think one thing I want to add here as well, that just because you're working in a B2B team, business to business, at the end of the day, your customers are still people, individuals, right? You're talking to, let's say, another marketing manager in, on the client side, or you're talking to a sales person on person on that side, or a CEO. You're still trying to convince one person at the time. Pretty
0: yeah, really no, yeah, I fu- I fully agree with, with with your thoughts there. I think that's that's definitely the most important thing, especially when we're working in in the type of industry. Like for example, with the two of us, especially when you're working in the tech space, everything is so mm-hmm. fast moving. Now, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be, uh, you know, as innovative every every month, every two months, or anything. Like things have th- things have definitely paced out a little bit more, right? And again, depending on the industry, it might take a little bit longer to find the next new big thing either for your company or within your industry or even towards the wider world of marketing. But being able to, I guess, be able to transition a little bit slowly, work on different projects, try to see where you can improve as an individual as well as use that same learning to enhance whatever you're working on for your company as well is always going to be a big thing. And you have to have that willingness, like you said, to actually go out wanting to learn this because if you don't, you're, you're just going to be stagnant at the end of the day, right? And I think that's obviously the biggest takeaway for for anyone, not even just marketing, like as a whole, right? Everything is so fast-paced, there's so much knowledge to just be absorbing, right? Just be a sponge most of the time. Well, I also now, think that a lot of that, sorry,
1: one thing I want to say, a lot of the things you learn in marketing also apply in real life. You know, just learning to handle people, handle friends um you know there's a lot of uh components of you know persuasion in marketing understanding consumer behavior understanding yourself why you do certain things
0: i think that you know really interesting so it doesn't even have to be in a business perspective yeah no yeah that, that's true that that's a very fair point actually but mm-hmm. one thing as well that, that i i guess i took away and this is a, a pretty i guess big topic to some degree for some which is staffing for your team right mm-hmm. now right now the two of us are working as a solo marketers for for our companies, but uh, we've both worked with teams. We we've built teams as well in the past. I share this on, on, on like my, this experience on my last LinkedIn live that took uh, took place last week. But it also works here a little bit, which is to some degree you definitely need that support. Like you said, maybe a three man team also works quite well. I had I was lucky enough to have a four man team, which are, which included me as well. But finding the right talents with the right set of skills and also I guess, to some degree, and it's not necessarily sales when you say hunger, but just the hunger to want to do something, uh, it's pretty difficult now, you know? Finding yeah. that talent has become so tough, and it ends up making you feel like, I think I might be able to just trust myself doing this a little bit more than maybe getting other people uh, involved at times. Yeah. Do you, have, you, have you ever felt similar enough ways like that, or did you have any trouble when it came to staffing for your previous teams as well? I think that, that is a challenge, right? Um, you know, a lot of people always say that if you find yourself the
1: smartest guy in the room, uh, you need to leave the room, right? So when you try to hire people, you always try to find people smarter than you and even certain aspects. Uh, I think as a manager, you can't be, um, you can't have that ego to think that, yeah, you know, I can do everything by myself. It's just not true. You, you just need another pair of hands sometimes, you know? And I think that's very important to put in the trust that, hey, you know, people can do what especially if they enjoy that work. Um, They find fulfillment in that, and that's something that you have to drive towards. So, you know, I think people of different skill levels, different educational backgrounds, um, you know, somebody can come from the engineering background and do marketing. I don't think it's too important that you come from marketing degree, something like that. Um, Somebody that, you know, probably never even went to school can do marketing because they understand humans. So I think, uh, you know, just allowing yourself to trust Right. That somebody, you know, just make sure that they get stuff done. It's very important. But again, because you know that they fight fulfillment in that. But at the same time, I would say that, you know, you, we, we all talk about employee employer mindset, you know, I'm here just to do a job, for example, there are people who yeah, have that mindset and the employer mind, mindset is, you know, I'm here to build a business um, as part of a marketing team. Um, and, you know, if you're really good at your job, you're going to sooner or later realize I probably can do the whole thing myself, not just marketing. I can probably start a company. You know, There's, I'm sure many marketers here, it's like, I can, I can set up my competitor tomorrow, right? <laughs> a lot of, you know, you go through that it goes through your head, right? But having that employer mindset, having that entrepreneurial mindset is very important. And trying to find that uh, in people can be difficult. I would say that's the most difficult. Skills and core build, you know, but mindset is something that you have it or you don't. Um, you know, there, there are guys out there, even if they find fulfillment, it's still a job. I'm just here to collect my paycheck and it's fine, you know. Um, but I would say you need a few guys definitely have, that have that. I want to work on the business. I want to make sure that, you know, we're all making more money um, and thinking on, you know, how to solve problems rather than just, um, you know, I'm, I'm here to do this task and that task. Um, so that's the hardest part. It's not exactly finding skills. I think skills is something that you can develop. And for somebody that has an employer mindset with no skills, can develop that and probably get to a better level than somebody with a lot of skills that don't have that hunger to you know want to build a business um and that is something you can't also you know find out during just two or three interviews um you gotta you know get these people in um work with them three months six months nine months you're gonna find out sooner or later and most of the time they they, they show up uh, you know fairly quickly Um, But yeah, trying to find that might that would be the the hardest thing, but probably the most rewarding thing if you can get a team of of leaders, uh, they want to build businesses.
0: No, yeah, I think I think that that's a very fair point, especially when you touched on the whole aspect of interviews. I think the one thing that probably relates a little bit more towards marketing, especially when it comes to uh, the interview process as a whole, you probably would be able to filter people out based on their mindset a little bit just by looking at their portfolio. Um, At the end of the day, your experience, especially the way things have turned around, like, for example, like you said, you don't need a degree to do marketing. You could have a completely different background as well and then transition into marketing. If you're you're in the middle of that transition and you're moving in the first time, okay, it's definitely going to be a lot tougher to to filter that out. But if we're looking at someone who's definitely got a little bit of experience, Mm -hmm. just looking at a portfolio as opposed to like a resume or anything would definitely show what it is that a person can bring to the table right? How clean is that portfolio in terms of their thought process? How clean Mm -hmm. is it when it comes to showing off the actual projects that they've managed, they've worked on, or even just showing the delivery of those projects and the types of results they've managed to achieve out of them, right? I think one thing is as a very basic example that you'd end up finding, and it really touches upon the whole mindset thing here is you find a lot of people in marketing nowadays who maybe it's not them just doing the job for the sake of it. But one thing that I think a lot of marketers need to know now, which they don't really uh, is they need that psychological aspect of knowing their customer. Yeah. Right. You, you can look at it in the most basic uh, form, like for example, graphic design, right? Why create a graphic just for the sake of it? What's the purpose behind it? What do you want people to see? What is it that you want to show off? Right? Yeah. And you end up finding that more often than not, you'll have graphics. Yeah. Okay. Some of them look pretty good and you know, fair play. You've, you've made a good thing there. But if you're trying to convert into something as opposed to just showing something off, or even if it's brand awareness, are you delivering the way that you should be, right? Yeah. And that really comes into to having that psychological approach, the the mindset to, to knowing, I know my business, like you said, right? I've got that mm-hmm. entrepreneurial mindset. I know exactly what I want to show off. I, I know what people need to see to buy my product or my service or partner yeah. with me. So I think that, that's something that as, as some advice from I think what, what I learned as well is you need that. If you don't, um, you're already a step behind. So, you know, the mindset is something that it's not a, a question only of it's either you have it or you don't. If you don't feel like you do, make, like make take certain steps to make that shift and start getting on that, you know, get that ball rolling a little bit for yourself. And you'll notice that your level of growth is, is just going to skyrocket at that pace. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think one
1: thing I want to add there as well, Um, you know, I think if you don't care about the business, it's going to be very difficult to get somebody else to care about the business. So any project that you work on, you know, you'd be like, you have to put yourself in consumer shoes, you know, any, any, you know, piece of copy or design that you come up with, you know, what emotions are you triggering? What impulses are you triggering? Yeah. You're trying to convince somebody on an individual level. I think it's very important. If you can't convince yourself, then it's going to be very difficult to convince somebody else. So that's just something I want to add on
0: there. Yeah. I think also let's, let's try to pivot a little bit. So, obviously, we don't want to just speak about things from an individual standpoint, but if we look at it from a functional standpoint, a marketing function, you need to work towards building relationships, right? In the B2B marketing space more so than your B2C, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be able to establish a sense of thought leadership. How do these factors contribute to the success of these B2B businesses?
1: Yeah, I think it matters a lot. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, there's some guys out there that aren't, uh, extroverted. They don't want to be on stage, you know, to them, you know, writing a commentary piece about Apple's latest campaign, it can be a little cringe sometimes, you know, like who am I to share my thoughts, you know, and that's fair. I think you don't really need to be out there as a marketer to, to, uh, you know, garner that, uh, reputation of that attention. I don't think that's too important. Uh, But I think what's more important is for for somebody in that, you talk about relationships, right? Every company that you work with, how are you you helping them make more money or save money? I think that's the most important. Uh, Every product out there solves a problem, right? And in marketing, it's not just trying to convince somebody, hey, I have this cool tool. Try it out because it's cool, right? It's because, you know, you do this and whatever you're doing today, I can do it 20 times faster, 50 times faster. Uh, you know, you say, you know, one tenth, you only pay one of the price, whatever that that, that uh, the product does, right? So you're trying to convince somebody on an individual level, and you do that, you know, by make, and putting interest in the business as well, right? So um, I can't think of, you know, many examples right now. I'll, I'll just go to use, you know, 1B stories and video right? all right? So because we're just a little bit more familiar. So what we do is, you know, we help create videos from existing. Um, articles, existing text. So we talk to businesses that have a library of blogs that they've written for the last decade, right? a so thousand blog posts over the last decade, of which, you know, 99% of them aren't being read anymore, which is a little bit outdated. Um, but again, they will never reach any new audience, right? So what we convince somebody is not just turning things into video and breathing new life into an old work that you already put in, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into, and reaching new audience, audiences. So, I'm basically saying you don't have to create anything new ever again, just use stuff you've created before, right? So moving forward, that already saves you so much time, so much, you know, money, and I can imagine some of these, you know, blog posts that you have created, you know, a while back, it's definitely brought in leads or sales, right? But it was just, you know, nobody sees it anymore because it's not indexed too high, it's not relevant as a news piece anymore. But just as a conversion, you know, that will help you bring more leads to getting, right? So in a B2B team, it's not just about caring about your own product. You have to care about the businesses that you work with, exactly how they use it, and find ways, you know, maybe even figure something out, different use cases for the businesses that adopt your tool um, to make more money. That's something so important. And if they see that, if they see that, hey, these guys are just not, these guys are, are not just trying to sell me something and like, They only talk to me that one month before, you know, renewal of the contract. They're actively always trying to make me utilize the tools with maximum capacity. And in the marketing team, it's something you have to think about, not just the sales guys or not just the customer success guys, right? Uh, Making sure that people continue, continuously use your tool and have great effects from it is something that's so important. And that's the way you you will succeed at this. And that's the way you're going to keep clients as well and not just acquire them, um, which is typically understood to be a marketing function, right? Right. Just acquiring customers, but no, keeping them is so important.
0: Yeah. I I think like the way that I can relate as well to that is, you know, we're working with a with a recruitment agency, right? We are, we are a recruitment agency deals in the tech space. Now you'll find that a lot of other agencies, they might be a little bit more transactional, but I think people have realized that now you you can't be, It, it might not even apply just to recruitment agencies, but as a whole, you can't be on a B2B level because you want to retain a lot of these clients for the long term, right? You want to build that relationship to get the best out of that client. And, you know, both of you will end up helping each other, right? At the end of the day, it's beneficial for both businesses. And, you know, I think you can look at it from, from our standpoint here. Like we do LinkedIn Live events, we do podcasts, we bring on different speakers, such as yourself as well as a guest speaker. And you will also be part of our community here where you can share out your own knowledge. But at the same time, I mean, it's not something to be hidden by, by anybody. Everyone would know at some point, okay, you want to build a relationship with this person. There may be an opportunity to partner with them later on in some form or another. And if yeah. not, who knows, maybe you'll be part of another community or another group. And that in itself will just give you more information, more knowledge, and then lead to more business, which obviously gives you all the good stuff as well that you'd want, right? And I think it's, it's, it's like you said, you want to be able to breathe new life in a different manner. And you want to always keep things, I guess to some degree, a little bit more lively and positive with it, right? At the end of the day, sure, that, yeah. that's what you need. And that, that's exactly how you work with Videofy, right? Breathing new life as well into, into old pieces.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: We have a few questions that come in. Should we uh, do Yeah, let's that? have a look. Yeah. So there's one here that's come in. It's a little bit more generic. Um, yeah. So Sagar here says that he's from a coding background. And wants to know if it would be a good idea for him to join or explore sales and marketing for a software company. Yeah. Now I think from, from my, from, from my uh, thoughts on this alone, if you've got the interest, you've got the passion, why not? Right. I think it comes out as simply as that if you don't have any experience in marketing yet, do some research, figure out if it's something that you'd be keen on working on a little bit more learning more about or even just getting hands-on with certain projects Mm -hmm. and if you if you do feel good about it you're enjoying what you're doing and you think there's an opportunity to at the end of the day obviously get a job make some money out of it go for it i think that's that's the 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 most blunt way i can put it to be honest yeah
1: no i mean to add (laughs) on to that i mean you know just do it It's, it's such a great thing because you never know if it's something you actually like right because sometimes marketing and sales can be a very sexy, you know, function from, from the outside. Right. As well as these guys, you know, they're always talking to customers and are trying to convince somebody it's so cool. Right. Uh, and if you think that, you know, uh, really interesting, do it just to have an experience of, to really understand what it, what it really feels like to be in marketing. Sales, right. Uh, because it, it can be quite different from the outside. But at the same time, I think, Starting out, I think from Saga, he has a coding background. If let's say you are a, you know, coder for a um, uh, for a company right now, if you're like in the back end or front end, something you can start today is just join customer calls, right? So um, talk to, just tell your sales guy, hey, or your customer success guy, hey, you know, uh, if you're doing kind of like a feedback session with uh, some of our top clients, can I just be a part of that? I'll just hide in the background, take some notes. Right, and then that could be the first way to you know kind of dip your feet into this, um, because you want to have as much interactions with clients as much as possible. I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to you know somebody in the RT space, because you most of the time you're so far removed from the from the customer, right? Um, you don't have that opportunity. So just try to find little opportunities. You know, if you're, you're, your company is having a uh, in-person event so, or you, they have a booth at a marketing event or something like that, just show up right? I think you can definitely share your experience and you, you probably have some insights on your own product that your sales and marketing guys don't know, right? That customers actually care about, especially the technical guys in the um, clients that you work with, right? Sometimes as a salesperson, you're not selling to just, you know, that person's marketing team or that person's sales team or that person's HR team. Sometimes you're talking to their head of product, their head of tech, right? And it can also be difficult for sales and marketing guys to translate some of the work that you know you as the coder do for the company right so having that ability and, and just an opportunity to talk to you know um, the technical guys on the other side could be a way for you to step into the uh, marketing self-function so i think you don't have to quit your job and just start applying for marketing positions just find that opportunities within the same company
0: Yeah, definitely um okay now I'll, I'll go back into into the the next Discussion point that we've got here, which yes. I think is probably the the slightly more interesting one as well. Um, it's about trends, right? Mm. B2B marketing trends. It's very fast paced, um, some a little faster than others. And we're always trying to innovate and find a new way to, to break the internet. Let, let's put it that way, right? Yeah. And we want to find new ways that we can effectively reach target audiences. What do you see? as a trend for a marketing team now trying to actually go and, and break through it to a new audience. What do you see as maybe the next upcoming strategy or the next big thing that you might want to look at? Yeah. Sorry. I lost you there for a moment. Um, I'm back. So I think the big thing that is coming
1: back funny enough is content. I think content has been kind of on the back burner for a bit. I think a lot of people like, okay, content strategy, blog posts, you know, long form articles. Um, a lot of people feel that is a uh, product talk yesterday. Um, but however, I think that's coming back. I think it's very important to understand that marketing is all about convincing somebody to do something they haven't done before, right? They have a problem. They haven't solved it. Try this. Pro- hopefully it solves the problem. It can be as simple as that, right? And so I think finding ways to explain that is very important. And I think that if you don't have good content strategy, in-depth content strategy that explores, you know, all the different aspects of how your product solves a problem, um, then, you know, it's not going to work. I think that relying on just one salesperson or just, you know, um, kind of like product ads or product demonstration, you know, with like super upbeat music at the back and you have like slides coming in on this, of your different, uh, screens in your product. Uh, Those things, yeah, they're they're sexier today, but I think having content, uh, long-form content especially, um, is is very important. I think that's definitely coming back. Um, And I think also with AI today, a lot of people can, I mean, you can get a lot of things written with AI today. And some of them are good enough, they can't even recognize that it's written by AI. I would be challenging to has a very specific way of writing that I could tell. Uh, something to do with my chat GPT immediately. Some of the other tools, right, um, do hide it a little bit better. Um, so I think that there's gonna be a reliance on that. So funny enough, the the companies that don't do AI writing would ho- would probably have a comeback again because then you have a little bit more authentic messaging. Um, tone of voice is very important. Um, yeah. You know, so I think humanizing your B two B business is also something very very important. Because you miss that, right? Uh, B2C companies do that so well. And I think it's just something B2B companies just don't care about. And I think that's also, you know, naive thinking to like, oh, this is just a B2C thing. Having like, you know, a mascot, for example. Right? I think those are things that B2B companies can and should adopt. Right? Because again, at the end of the day, you're in the, you're trying to convince individuals and not specifically businesses. Right? So, content that one big thing probably have a gonna have a comeback, and I also think that I know it's a little contrary, but you know we're doing short long video, but I think people in long, longer form video uh, can probably also do um, very well for your business. I think um, in depth product demonstrations, you know, webinar stuff like this, talking to you know your best clients to see um, you know projects that they have used your tool or to improve of things or get more revenue or cut down time, something like that. It's also very important. So I think that's the one thing that's definitely coming back. More longer form content for the purpose of uh, persuasion and also for the purpose of just, you know, in-depth information. Uh, things have gone too much into the, um, you know, short form attention span. Uh, not to say that's not important. You probably can attract somebody there, but then bring them to your long form
0: content later. Yeah. Yep. I think that that's a really good point that you actually mentioned in terms of, you know, long form content coming back. Because... Everything nowadays is literally short form. You've got TikTok, you got Instagram, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I, I'm a victim of this as well, right? My, my attention span has, has gone downhill quite a bit to the point where I even struggle just getting through maybe like a 20-minute video now on YouTube. But I, ca- I can definitely see what you mean, especially, and I think the one, the one thing that does strike as well, quite, I think it's just pretty obvious at this point is when you're working in a, in a, on a B2B front, you would think relationship building is even more important than on the B2C one. All right. B2C, you you definitely need it, but B2B, you're you're getting a direct revenue from clients you need to have a little bit more of an intimate relationship with, if you want to put yeah. it that way, right? And I think the the fact that and you touched upon this quite well, the fact that some companies want to rely on AI, Chat GPT, as a very basic example, to obviously it helps manage time, but to basically try to sell something or or put out their company a little bit in a very robotic form mm-hmm. won't really help. You'll always need yeah. the human elements, the emotion that goes behind that. And I think you can you can relate to like for example in B2B, you're gonna be working very closely with the sales team, right? The two of us will be heavily embedded, for example, within our sales team to some degree. Yeah. And it's 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 quite funny because you'll have a lot of people, maybe some who might be in a in a little bit more of an older generation or transitioning into technology now um they they might just say something as simply as oh let me just get on the phone with someone it'll probably do the job a lot better i can build a better relationship with them and it it is very true right to 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 in the most part at the end of the day if you're going to use technology use it to help amplify that a little bit more as opposed to just putting it out there for the absolute sake of wanting to put it out there Exactly. You know, I think that's what yeah. a lot of companies tend to get wrong a lot of the time. They don't use it as a way of complementing a current strategy, but they just use it because, oh, everyone's using it. Let's jump on this bandwagon and just do this in, in the yeah. smallest form with the smallest regard. And, and they try, try to, to replace them. Yeah. And try to replace certain functions. I think that's also very naive yeah. thinking.
1: It's only supposed to amplify to and help. Not not I mean exactly. the reason why we've survived, you know, pretty much hundred years of business without and probably that's still gonna continue right? Uh, so I think that, that's the important as well, uh, you know, to not just, okay, now we have this thing,
0: let's not do the whole thing anymore. I think that yeah,
1: I, think, I don't think that's a very smart strategy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can look at it from the, from the basic form, right? You look at uh, copywriting. People would say, okay, copywriting is, is definitely going to have layoffs all over the place, and yeah, sure, there probably have been a few, but at the end of the day, you're still going to need someone behind that AI tool to help you project your tone of voice a little bit more share the company's message the way it should, or even just edit whatever it is that an AI tool has produced for you, right? And if you don't have that, if you're just going to move away from that, I think you're already doing it a little bit wrong. I think that sort of yeah. just shuts down a little bit of that debate on will AI lead to mass layoffs? It yeah. it won't really. And even if it does, I mean, there's been technological advancements across the years, right? Yeah. You end up just exactly. getting new jobs in or maybe new skill sets you need to adopt. I think that that's the 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 thing that you need to look at. And for a B2B marketing team, whether it's a big one or a small one, I think executives or leaders within that company need to look at it as I want to implement this, but I need to see exactly what it's going to impact. Right? Is it going to give me a little bit more ROI? Time management? Is it going to just assist someone? Do I need it? You need to assess that. Right? Everyone needs to assess it. Don't just Jump into it for the sake of it. Yeah. I think some things that our clients are doing very well. We we work with really smart clients as well. They
1: adopt our tools, but at the same time, they're not fully replacing them. And and we encourage them to, hey, still continue what you're doing with your video, you know, creation space. Whatever you're doing, still continue to do that. Try us out for a month and measure the differences in terms of engagement, of the speed, you know, versus the traditional way of doing things and a new way of doing things. And you're going to realize that it's not, we're not beating you on every single function. We might beat you in terms sort of efficiency speed just because we can create remote videos quickly. But, you know, you still need, your your old team definitely has done stuff very, very well and probably will still beat any AI tool out there in certain aspects. So it's merging the two that's very, very important. And that's what every technology stops to the on. You know, finding a good balance in between.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. And I agree. Um, by the way, I do see a lot of questions coming in. Just yeah. to let you guys know, we will go through this uh, towards the end of the discussion. So, if you do have any more questions, just keep putting them in now. Um, one thing that I do want to touch on, and I think this this really does happen a lot more often um, mm-hmm. than you than most people would think, is you're going to come across many many challenges in a fast-paced environment that require problem solving uh, at a next level speed, almost right. What are some of the types of challenges that you faced? Um, you know, let's look at it from, I guess, a little bit more of a technical standpoint here, mm-hmm. on a marketing technical, uh, marketing standpoint. What challenges were they? How did you address them? And what learnings did you take away from this? Yeah. Um, I would definitely, you know, look at this specifically where
1: I am right now. So as I mentioned for anybody that uh, are just tuning in recently, so I'm in a startup, Won't to be sorry, we're only two years old. Uh, but in fact, the product that we created, video five, that's even newer. That's only a few months old, right? So we realized that, you know, competition definitely out there. Not just guys that have been around us for four, five, six years. Competition sprouts literally every other weekend. You know, every other weekend we see somebody new, right? And of course, that can be very, very scary because you'd be like, hey, there's so much things that, you know, we have to pay catch up here, right? Because the guys with more funding been doing this for a longer time that were doing, you know, AI even before any of us knew that word, right? Um, So I would say that you shouldn't shy away from that. You know, shouldn't shy away from competition. I think it's always a good barometer because if these guys have succeeded, they have done something well, something correct, right? So try to copy that. Non-verbatim, right? But I totally believe in the second mover advantage. We talk about first mover advantage all the time. Right. But the first move advantage, um, you probably see that one guy that succeeded, but 99 others fail. Right. Second move advantage is so important because you've already seen somebody do it. You probably have seen some mistakes they've done and now you can avoid them. You probably can do things a little bit faster than them. Right. So working in a smaller company, working in a, you know, uh, a company that's a tool that maybe or product that, you know, in the earlier phase versus some of the guys that have been around for a while isn't a bad thing, right? So just why? So, but the, the only other thing is that while you're catching up, I know they're innovating as well, but let them, let them continue and find make this thing. So I think that's the one thing here, specifically the challenges that we face is that it's a very daunting process, it's something that's very difficult to think about. Say, how am I going to convince my customers because they can easily, you know, buy something that's maybe a little bit more established, right? But then you gotta, of like go deep into that and say that you know we're more flexible we can build you you know product features that maybe these guys don't have and if you try a request from them you know you probably won't get it because they already have a a roadmap they're already working on you know bigger things so being more nimble also works well so you know the challenge of trying to convince somebody to move away from bigger boys out there but then there are things that you can sell as well to you know basically make a case It's, it's not a bad thing being in a smaller company Right. Uh, another thing I face, of course, I'm the only guy in marketing right now, um, which is our best thing. We've been here before, um, you know. But there's definitely a lot of things we need to do. So productivity is very, very important. Making sure you have time management. Making sure that you deliver on all the different promises. Because it's very easy to uh, to be distracted. Okay, I'm gonna. I have to do 20 things. I'm gonna start on one. You realize, you know, that the 18th thing that I need to do, I need to get it done tomorrow. Right, and then you forget about the you know the first three things that you're doing, and then you don't catch up to that. So I think that's one challenge that any marketing manager, any better marketing, even you know just a regular marketing executive will face. you have pulled into different projects, um, you know, that all have P zero importance. Funny enough, right? Uh, but uh, definitely time time management and prioritization is very very important. Um, and I think also that uh, you know being in a in a solo marketer, I think you have the flexibility to kind of experiment and that's a good thing, but then experiment fail, right? Because sometimes it's only your eyeball. So one challenge that I face and I think I should try and improve is try to get more people involved because even though, you know, I'm the only one in marketing, sales is probably their thought, product is their thought, tech is their thought, design is their thought. And, you know, just because they're not marketing people, you know, doesn't matter. Everybody works with customers and they can definitely contribute. Right. So, um, a whole business together rather than just one marketing function. Try to not think, um, try to not work titles titles, right? Or I'm just marketing. No, no way it helps, right? You're not going to survive that way, right? So you got to be able to work with everybody else. So I think that's the, the few challenges just being in a smaller company. But as we grow, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, um, we can work this out and I'm sure I'm going to hire fantastic people to work with me. Not yet. We're not anytime time it and uh, trying to expand. Still try to steady shit by myself, but, you know, and even bigger com- even bigger teams also have different challenges that they're gonna uh,
0: face. So it's it's not a problem You just gotta ride away. Yeah, no, that that's a very fair point, and I think <clears throat> like you you've given a lot of uh, thought and insight there on a, I guess a, a company that works more on a, on a product, right? One that's selling yeah. or, or marketing our product. If I give a little bit of my two cents, working with a company where we deliver a service, oh, yeah, it's it's very similar in that regard where. You know, you, you you can have, for example, your your sales team, your marketing team, you both need to collaborate. Everyone knows where the end goal is, right? It's a matter of working together to get to that end goal. And I think being able to work for me, working with a with sales team, being embedded within one, I learn a lot with that. But at the same time, and this is, you know, to each of their own, marketers and also sales guys, they'll all have their own style of doing something, mm-hmm. right? being able to work along the lines of i guess a bit more of a, a change management approach trying to bring in a few extra tools or a few different steps that some people might be able to take maybe it might help maybe it might not help with their process that is probably the bigger challenge right some people might be rigid to something but at the end of the day you might have to go hands in yourself and show them you know this works work. might not work yeah. for you but give it a shot you never know if you if you don't try you you'll never know right yeah um and at the end of the day, I think that that's one thing that I've managed to do here is we've all started working a lot more collaboratively. Yes, it took some time. And that's that's a very normal challenge to face in, in any company, especially as a solo marketer, when you're juggling a lot of different projects. But you do reap the rewards in in some form or another. It might not be in the most direct way, but an indirect win is still a win at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And that's my, that's my biggest takeaway when it comes to working within a sales team. And I think, to be honest, one thing with me that I've really liked about it is because I've come, I come from a sales background personally, right? And then I I transitioned over into marketing. I'm always still going to struggle when it comes to speaking to some clients, even as a marketer, it's definitely going to happen because I have, I I don't have the knowledge that the sales guys might have, right? But I can pick it up. The whole (laughs) challenge here is, Picking up some of the knowledge. Because sometimes some clients will go into some depth and you're just like, whoa, hold up. I, I need to I need to figure something out. I need to pay for that yeah. a little bit more. Um, but at the end of the day, it's an enjoyment that comes with it, right? If you're enjoying whatever you're doing, even if you're getting a challenge out of it, even if you fail out of it, I think that's something to take away still, right? You know what you're doing. You know that if you're enjoying it, you still want to find what works. You want to beat that challenge. You want to overcome yeah. it. Yeah. I think also...
1: Now, Celebrating wins and successes. And, and I think also giving yourself a little bit of credit as well. I think yeah. a lot of the times when you work in teams, uh, you lose a lot of that. It well, it's the team effort. Well, yeah, 100% is the team effort. But, you know, you got to be able to be, you know, patting yourself on the back and be like, you know, this was actually my idea. Not in a way that I'm trying to, you know, overrule everybody, but find it and, and then also think, hey, but, you know, James, that was something great you did. Or test, that
0: was something great you did. Yeah. All right. So I think also celebrating team wins, but also individual wins is very, very important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think one one thing as well when you're working as a solo marketer is, like you said, time management. And you might be working against the clock a lot of the time, right? Especially if you're juggling a few projects. Being able to organize through all of that, it doesn't necessarily mean that some of the work you're doing is difficult. It might not be difficult as such, but managing that time, oh man, yeah. is that a pain? Like it, yeah. some, some things are just tedious, totally right? But that's just how it is. That's just how it is. Um... And I think that's probably one of the hardest challenges for any solo marketer. And I'm pretty sure whoever's out there right now as a solo marketer would probably be laughing at that same thought.
1: Yeah. You have I mean, the thing is, work is endless as well, right? The 20 tasks that you had at the start of the week, even if you complete all of them, there's probably 20 more next week. Somehow. Yep. Right? And the work never ends. And I that's a good thing as well, in marketing, the work never ends because there's always something you can improve. There's always new ideas coming up. You know, um, and it can be small things. It can be really, really big things. And I think all of it deserves equal attention. Just- and, the, and the attention part is the hard thing, like you mentioned, some, some work is not difficult, but it just takes hours. Right. And then finding, you know, OK, I have a, a difficult task and I need to pick up, you know, I need to, you know, figure it out first versus something I know I, need, I can do, but it just takes more time. How do you decide between two of them? I think that's the hard part. Um, I think working in teams would definitely help. Um, having it, I can be like, you know, be that thing. I can take over, you know, let me be in charge of that. Um, it's very, very important. Uh, but as solo marketers, you know, I think your scheduling, your, your time management has to be really top here. Um, you got to figure that out. I, and I, I don't think it's a one size fits all as well. Not everybody needs a journal to write things down. Not everybody works that way. I pretty much still write everything down myself um some people find it insane but i mean i have it all in my head i know i need to do it i just choose different days to do that yeah
0: yeah no i i agree like everything is on my phone for me as well all my notes everything is there like i've I've stopped writing things down to the point where now i just feel like it's a bit of a chore to be honest yes exactly (laughs) now obviously i want to i want to switch into this a little bit more because we've spoken a lot about projects delivery um you know our own thoughts working as a solo marketer or within a b2b marketing team but What I want to go into next before we get into a few of the final questions and thoughts would be, you know, when you look at the different projects you've worked on and how you've delivered them, I think this probably applies to you quite well now as well. You've moved into a role as a head of marketing with 1B Stories. Taking all your learnings, what would you have done differently? wow, that's difficult.
1: I think that, you know, um, most of the time, most marketers, especially, um, you know, everybody has... Somebody above them to to report it's the CEO. It's you know the chief marketing officer, somebody else, right? I think it's the hardest thing, or, or I would say the thing that you probably have to improve on. I think everybody can can have um, improvements here. Is always trying to convince somebody else that you did a good job, right? And I think there's you can go deeper into this, right? So of course, on let's say for example you did a lead generation campaign for a new idea, you know, um, over the last two months, fast So it can be as simple as, okay, we spent a thousand dollars, you know, we got a thousand clicks to the website, we got a hundred leads of which 50 can convert customers and we spent a thousand, we made $5,000, right? It can be as simple as that, right? And on the surface, yeah, okay, that's a good job. But, you know, try to tell management okay, this is exactly what we did, you know, to what degree, these are the new things that we picked up, this is the reason why this thing succeeded, right, is so important. Not because to, you know, uh, it's, again, it's not an ego thing, it's not to convince somebody that, it's not to, you know, blow smoke up your butt, right, but it's to show that, you know, these are, this is why you're so important to the team, right, and this is why everybody within the team is so important for the team. You know how we work together so to summarize this again it's not just about reporting campaign statistics it's not just about reporting you know um uh numbers you know like oh we have a 20 percent 5 percent increase whatever that's not the important thing it's about how did that happen how can we repeat that you know what do we learn from this that's so important so that's something i definitely still have to improve today right again, telling management what exactly you did to a point that it'd be like, okay, I, I get it and I trust you that you can do it again and I now understand how it happened, All right? So that's something that I definitely, I definitely think because, um, you know, you, you sometimes think that management just wants the numbers. You just have to get the numbers. But I think that's doing yourself a disservice.
0: Yep. I think when, it, when you touch upon that as well, when it comes to giving numbers, at the end of the day, management also needs to understand sometimes that you need time, to be able to deliver on something, right? Or not even just deliver, but you need time to test things out. Um, and this is something that I can, I can touch upon as, as part of one of my old experiences where management was not willing to really do this nearly as much, right? And it's very, very dangerous for you to do that as a startup, especially mm-hmm. if you've not really tried on a strategy. And then when you're just about to really try or get something going and you can feel that there's a bit of a momentum shift somewhere, you end up switching your strategy, I think the biggest thing there is not just the numbers, but give time, right? Yeah. Have the patience thinking, to thinking actually analyze yeah. it.
1: Yeah.
0: I think seeing uh, things through and thinking to things is so important
1: as well. I'm just, yeah. you know, reflecting back. that yeah, many times where initially the numbers didn't make sense, but again, it's just way too early, especially in marketing, right? Because a lot of it is, is experiments, right? 80% of a campaigns will fail. That's a fact. Right. And yeah. to only to always expect that, you know, you're going to have your heart hit all the time. but, you know, uh, too much of an expectation. And I think, like I mentioned, if you, if you end up not just reporting the numbers, but you, you, you really explain how you ended up doing it, it will give management co- more confidence for you to then try something that's totally never been done before because they'd be like, you know, hurry is the research. We'll figure it out. Right. It's not like if, even if they're on defense about it, if you have done yourself you know, a good service to explain how things were done before, they'd be like, okay we we did that thing previously you'll definitely figure out how to do this thing right now. I'm trying to be vague but the idea here is, you know um, trying to give you and your team, you know, as much confidence from management as much as possible Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, now let's go into a few of these questions here I can see a bit of a trend with some of them. A lot of them are either AI related or skills related as such and then how you can balance you know, between this AI or technology or automation along with personal interaction. So let, let's start with that first. Let's go a little bit generic here, right? And maybe okay. we can lead into some of these AI points along the way. How can B2B marketers strike the right balance between automation and personal interaction in their communication strategies? Mm, love it,
1: love it, love it. Uh, it's such a great, it's a great question, um, Crystal. I think automation is something that is, I would say, the holy grail of, of marketing um, it's something that still seems very far away uh, the reason I say the holy grail is because you want things on repeat especially things that have done well right you want to make sure that uh, good things keep going that there's no human error involved because you just put it on loop and you know and, and you have an evergreen campaign or evergreen function to always bring in the dollar I think that's fantastic um, so that is always something to strive for I think it's not about striking a balance, but it's about supporting automation, right? So it's not 50-50. When you think that's 50-50. You've done automation 50% personal interaction. No, it's 100% automation plus 100% personal interaction, right? Because you want to be able to, you know, have eyeballs on it. And at times when people do respond, because the thing is you can choose what you want to output, right? Your output can be automated. Your response usually can't. Because everybody did so many different things that, you know, different things that you want, you know, I, I've seen tons of chatbots out there with so many if functions, if this, then that, right? Love it, right? But there will be times where, you know, there will be an input that you just can't capture, you know, there isn't a if answer to it. And that's when you need to get it yourself involved, right? So... Um, I think that it's about striking a balance, about making the two uh, work as closely as possible because you want your personal interactions also automated to a sense that it feels very authentic. Um, So, you know, uh, that's going to be, I I don't think anybody figured that out yet, right? But I I do think the Holy Grail because that's the future because, you know, then you don't have to be so involved. And then there are things that, that, you know, can just go on because you've already kind of solved it. And there are things that you can have solved. Right, uh, that you don't, you probably don't have to put in too much attention to anymore. So that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think when you want to look at it as well for, a, I mean, this this goes into communication, but also running campaigns, right? Using automation for for campaigns, mm-hmm. I think right now we're not at the stage where we can rely on it personally, just because so much is changing. Your automation is not going to be able to predict a lot, right? Yeah. To some level of degree, it might. If you want to look at things like maybe a little bit more of a traditional sense when it comes to sending out newsletters or an email of such, put in the content, let it do the work on that sort of campaign, right? You want to go a very simple sales route, for example, like an email cadence or anything, that's mm-hmm. fine. But when you want to look at, you know, delivering or getting results out certain so ads or campaigns, I would suggest sticking to, to looking at it yourself on a personal level, right? At the end of the day, customer opinions, consumer opinions, they'll change pretty frequently, right? Yeah. And being able to stay ahead of that it's something that you'll have to do yourself. You can't rely on, on an automation to do that for you.
1: I also think that creativity cannot be automated, you know, but, you know, a lot of the output terms of like administrative stuff, of course can. You can definitely automate that. Uh, and talking about campaigns, people paid ads, you can automate a lot of rules, you know, rule sets that, you know, after hitting a thousand impressions, if your ad doesn't have at least a 1% CTR, send it up. These things that you can automate and put yep. in, especially if you already have in benchmarks. That, uh, that have, you know, very strict guidelines, this is good, this is bad, right? Uh, but that's, that's one fear as well, because sometimes, you know, uh, you may turn off a campaign a little bit too soon, you know, that could have done better later, and you never know, right? But yep. I think once you have tested, you have so much data, you can automate certain things, especially when it comes to campaign results. And I use that a lot, I think it's very, very important. Because then you don't, you take the emotion out of it as well. It's like trading stock, right? I'm just following indicators, and in the indicators yes, you do it. In the indicator say no, you don't do it. Take the emotion out of it. And I think that's one good thing when it comes to automation. Because marketers can very much get too emotionally involved in, you know, a headline that they will, that they thought was fantastic, but then nobody else thinks it's good. Right? So that's yeah. something that can benefit as well.
0: Yeah. Now we have an- another question here. We actually spoke about this a little bit earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, so just I'll just quickly, very, very quickly touch upon it. Um so, so Jay here, he asks um, you know, a, a common question here, to what extent do you think AI will replace the workforce? So he covered this a little bit late. So for anyone who's actually uh, a bit earlier on, so anyone who's joined a little bit later, essentially it, it's, it won't, right? It will be something that will help to complement anything that you're currently doing. It will be used quite widely right now as, a, as something that you'll be able to help give you a bit more time, make something a little bit more efficient. But at the end of the day, you'll still need someone behind that keyboard doing something, you know? Um, To what extent can it replace the workforce in in other various areas? Right now, you're seeing it mainly for copywriting and you're seeing it for customer service. But again, Mm -hmm. customer service, like you said as well earlier on, right? You're definitely going to have a lot of people who are going to ask ridiculous questions or random questions that you probably would not have expected. You're going to need someone on the other side of that. So again, it won't it won't replace anybody as such. I think people, if anything, need to look at it as what do I need to do to maybe keep up a little bit with, with whatever change there is, right? How can I bring this in as part of my own toolkit or my own skill set? Can I use it to enhance what I'm doing now? Or can I use it, for example, like what we just covered with automation to just do something for me and I don't have to worry too much about it? Obviously, a little bit more on the operational standpoint here. Anything yeah. that's creative, you still need you still need your own input, right? Human elements yeah. and human emotions still still need to run from from you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Now we've got one more question here and oh. and then we'll probably have to end it because we are running a little short on time here. Yeah. But I think one, one thing and we can tie this into the last question actually. So Audrey already asked as well, um, you know what is the biggest challenge that we've actually faced? in our marketing career? You know, what have Mm -hmm. we learned from this experience? So I think what we'll tie it in with as well is advice that we can give for anybody who's in the space or looking to transition in or join the space as as someone new as a graduate. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest challenge for me so far has been managing time, to be honest, um, with the different projects that we end up working on. And I think to some degree, um, because of the amount of time that we need to use to to juggle different tasks. Being able to learn outside of the scope of what you're actually doing is probably another challenge for me. For me, I've got two years' worth of experience now. And obviously, with two years, I definitely want to start looking at a few different things to explore a few different tools or skills that I can pick up. I think that's probably the biggest thing. But what have I learned from it? Um, As a solo marketer, I'm... Honestly, really, really trying to leverage on technology to help me out yeah. to save some of that time. Absolutely. I think that's the, honestly as, as simple as it is, that's literally it. It's trying to learn how I can save myself more time so I can work on other things that can provide more value or add more value to the business and even myself as an individual, really.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the one thing I would add here, uh, kind of a bit of a flip, is actually burnout, right? So I think that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, there's a lot of pressure on marketing teams in any organization, pretty much. Um, the biggest one is the smallest one because pretty much you decide whether or not the company has enough money to pay everybody next month, you achieve, right? Uh, because you've got to bring in the customers. So, um, burnout is a big thing, both in terms of just doing too much and also mental burnout because of the expectation of, you know, just how much weight is on the shoulders when it comes to, you know, um... All the different things in the company that relies on you right because there's no marketing there's nobody for sales to talk to there's no revenue if there's no marketing product creates a great product nobody sees it you know then that time was wasted um so there's a lot of that expectation right so that is something that is going to be very difficult to explain how to avoid honestly everybody experiences but not very very differently um, but I think mental health is something that very important for anybody to really um put some eye on. Right, because you wanna make sure that you because if if you don't listen to your body, you know, your body is just gonna do it anyway, right? So if you're if there are any signs of that you need to take things slow and you don't, you're gonna shut down, right? Whether you like it or not. Right. So I think bio is something that has been a very big challenge, especially I think after my fifth year in my second company was definitely a big thing for me just before my career. year. And, uh, which the solution of that was actually just, just changed my whole, uh, industry. That was personally just what happened to me, but, um, that is something everybody will have to kind of like weave their way around. So, uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to, you know, uh, like your workload, get somebody else to take something off, you know, from you, if you feel that that's too much. And at the same time, speak to management, speak to HR about, know many the different expectations or if you think that too high of an expectation on you so that uh we can work together because i'd rather you be here right than not here at all right uh in a sense of what well, nothing you dead. you're saying that you know <laughs> you're here to work or you know i lose you right in a sense of
0: you know you get so burnt out you have to quit something like that so yeah just just uh um, have that always at the top of your mind yeah
1: take yep.
0: care of yourself i think the first the first thing that, I, that I'll do now is I'll go and ask for some extra help then. Ask, ask, ask <laughs> my boss to hire someone. <laughs> Perfect, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so uh, thank you for all the questions, guys, and uh, for staying along with us throughout this entire session. Uh, Harris, thank you a lot as well uh, for sharing your insights and knowledge. We actually have run over time a little bit, so yeah, yeah. We, are, we are out of time here for today. This could easily transition into another three, four different topics, a few hours worth, but we'll leave it um, here for today i hope you guys learned a little bit more as to you know what it is that you know people within a marketing team actually work on like what types of projects we do as well as why a marketing team just generally is so important especially for a b2b space um again thank you to all the audience for interacting with us and we hope to see you next time when we either put out another podcast or we have another live event thanks a lot thank you everybody ciao